You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! And today's episode is episode number 19, and we are going to Ethiopia. So this will be, I think, the 11th country on this trip. And if you're, if this is the first uh, episode you're catching, it might be a good idea to go back to episode one and come with me on my full trip from Paris to Cape Town back up to Nairobi, which is about over 30,000 mile road trip all by land or water. So as I said on today's episode, we finally find out if step five gets complete out of our five-step plan we devised in Sudan, <laughs> which basically meant getting into Ethiopia by land because at the time it was kind of illegal. <laughs> so, so far we've covered, well, after this episode, we'll have covered 11,150 miles. Before we go, let's just do a little recap on the podcast journey with that you're on re- with me as well. So now up to 53 countries of different listeners, which is amazing. So thank you so much for listening. And the top five this week is USA. Just want to say congratulations to Biden and Harris, the new president and vice president, and for making history, Kamala Harris. That's awesome. Girl power. Okay, and Canada is number two, UK is number three, France number four, and India is number five. So once again, thank you so much for listening. You guys are awesome. And the review of the week is from Mrs. McKenzie 727 and it's five stars. It says great stories. It's such a fun listen. Uh, so many great stories. So thank you very much, Mrs. McKenzie. <laughs> okay, and just a little bit about Ethiopia. So it's one of the biggest like population uh, countries in Africa. I think there's over 108 million people there. And it's in the Horn of Africa. It's got quite a diverse history, culturally and geographically. There is um, 80 ethnic groups and 80 different languages, although the main language or the official language is um, Amharic. Also, geographically, I mean, you could go everywhere from the desert, which is in the east, and then you have the Simeon Mountains, as well as Lake Tana, which is the source of the Blue Nile, which then meets at Khartoum and then becomes the Nile along with the White Nile coming up from Uganda which I happen to go to both sources. So I followed the Nile quite a ways. Oh, it has one of the hottest inhabited places in the world, which is called the Danakil Depression. And also, they also have these amazing churches, which are about 1,200 years old, that are carved out of the mountains, which is called Lalibala. So they have, uh, Ethiopia has been practicing Christianity for a very long time. It's one of the first countries actually to, to embrace Ethiopia, um, Christianity, especially in Africa. It was the first. Uh, and it's also the home to the Rastafarians. 
Mexico Rasta. <laughs> and it's one of the, one of two countries in Africa that was never colonized, the other one being Liberia. So it has kept its distinct African flavor, I guess, if you call it that. And like I said, there's many different ethnic tribes there. Uh, so it's yeah, it's it's quite a diverse country. Okay, so let's pick up where we left off on the last episode. And so day 117, uh, we had left Massawa, which is on the coast, like Red Sea, and got a bus back into the capital, Asmara, in Eritrea. And like I said, we were before the last episode, we were there, Independence Day. So it was like the newest country in the world, which was an amazing feeling. And it was a great vibe to be there at that time. And so we had our last kind of Eritrean Italian feast because Eritrea was colonized by Italy. And it was a lot of the towns had Italian architecture. Like you actually felt you were in Italy a lot of the times. It was quite bizarre. And of course, they had all the Italian food, which was really good, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, we had our feast and our last night in what I was calling the presidential suite in a nice hotel we were staying in. So the next day, 118. We're up at five in the morning, get to the bus station. We we're supposed to leave at 5.30, but we didn't end up leaving until about 6.30. And we're on our way to the Ethiopian border. So to recap, step five of our five-step plan was just getting into Ethiopia. So a couple hours later, we get to the Eritrean border. And we we're in the Eritrean border for a couple hours, just because they check everyone on the bus. But got through that, no problem. And then with literally bated breath, everything crossed, fingers, toes, knees, we pull up to the Ethiopian border. I mean, we've been worried about this crossing for weeks. And yeah, so we, we, we pull up and it's a dirt road with literally a string across it. Two kind of custom guys in shorts and just really casual <laughs> didn't really know what to do with us because like I said earlier, coming by land was technically illegal so they hadn't seen any <laughs> westerners for a long time and also this part of the Eritrean Ethiopia that was you know war for 30 years so the border was definitely closed for a long long time uh, so yeah so the custom guys didn't know what to do and so and they didn't speak English and uh, we didn't know any Amharic so I kind of just you know got my our passport out and show, you know, saying, you know, we need stamp. And they were just like, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> so there was kind of this old rundown barn just behind the little custom hut. So he kind of signaled to follow him. So we followed him in there. And then in the only thing in this barn was this really, uh, like wooden, big wooden desk. So we're looking through the drawers to find, like, to try and find the stamp, like entry stamp. And of course, it's all in Amharic. So I'm like finding them and looking and he's like, no, no, like, you know, shaking his head, no. And then finally, we assume we found the right one. He's like, oh, yeah, he was super excited. <laughs> but then, of course, we had to find the the ink wells. You know, there, there's the foam in there and it has the ink in there. Well, of course, that's bone dry. So I'm literally spitting in that <laughs> to try and get it wet enough for, so he could get the ink to stamp our passports. Oh, my God, it was ridiculous. But anyways, we worked it out, <laughs> got our stamp, happy day, step five is complete. Because also on my, on, my, on my Ethiopian visa, they had stamped at the top, air only. 
but that was in English. So that was, that worked. And I'd kind of rubbed it, tried to rub it out of it, like dirty it up. And so it wasn't as readable, but no need to worry about that either because they couldn't read it. <laughs> and now a quick sponsor break. So the number one reason I use this website to book most of my accommodations when I travel around the world is because they often offer a 24 to 48 hour free cancellation fee. Plus they are a price comparison site. So you get the cheapest price possible. So head on over to manyroadstravel.com forward slash booking and you'll also be helping support the show. So I thank you for that. Okay, now back to the show. One last reminder, if you want to save yourself money on your accommodation and get the free 24 to 48 cancellation fees on most bookings, then please head on over to manyroadstravel.com forward slash booking. Okay, back to the show. So, oh, happy days. Casey, who's my friend I was traveling with, uh, who I left Canada with to do this trip. So we were very relieved. And then we had to wait a couple hours at the border to for everyone to come through. I mean, like I said, we were the only two, you know, Westerners and white people there. Yeah, so we're just kind of sitting in the dirt, <laughs> waiting a couple hours, everyone get through. And then we also had met a really lovely Ethiopian guy who looked like Michael Jordan. Like, he wasn't as tall, but he looked so much like him. So I, and I said that to him. He was, I think he knew who Michael Jordan was. But I was like, so we'll just call you Mike. Is that okay? He was like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so we were chatting. He spoke really good English. So we were chatting to him for ages. And then following the bus, everyone got through. And we get back on the bus. And so we get to this little town called Adwa, which is where Mike was from. And that's where the bus stopped. So he invited us to um, his his place to meet his wife and kids. And they were super cute. And it was pretty much not much more than a mud hut, literally. But just such a nice man. And met his wife and the kids. I have a photo. It's just hilarious. I'm holding his youngest. And just the look on the kid's face is just like pretty much terrifying. Because <laughs> again, you know. This whole area, which is called Tigray, just hadn't seen any, you know, white people before. So we were a novelty. That is for sure. Anyways, and then Mike ended up buying us lunch, bless him, and uh, a couple Pepsis. And that's another thing. Throughout Sudan, Eritrea, and Ethiopia, especially Sudan and Ethiopia, kind of the only cold drinks you could get were Pepsis. So anywhere you went, you'd just hear, Pepsis, 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 Pepsis. Even to this day, when I hear Pepsi, I always think of that. And then another reminder, this is from 1993-94, this trip. So we're now in about mid-May 93. Yeah, so after we have our lunch and everything, we then got a minibus to the next town over called Axum. I was not feeling great at that point. Um, I also have a rare blood illness. And just, I think, I don't know, so that can just flare up whenever it wants to. So yeah, it was just exhausted, not feeling great. So we got to Axum about 5 p.m. and we just found a cheap hotel and went and grabbed something to eat at the kind of the only cheap place in town, which was called the Axum Hotel. Honestly, any everywhere or anywhere we went, we were just stared at. Like people would literally stop and stare and follow us sometimes, right? Especially kids. Like kids would be either running away from us, <laughs> screaming, <laughs> or they'd be coming up to us and like try to hold my hand or fingers or touch my skin. I don't know, I had long curly hair and touch my hair. It was 
bizarre, definitely. Like I, I just remember saying to Casey, I'm like, oh my God, this is what it'd be like to be famous. I would hate to be famous. <laughs> just all that attention all the time, but no way. Anyways, uh, we just grabbed something to eat. Just, just hit the hay really quick. So it was exhausted. So the next day, woke up with quite a few bites on me. I'm like, oh no. Wasn't quite sure where they're from, like what caused the bites, but it was not looking good. <laughs> and on my way to go have breakfast, I was by myself and uh, I met this this guy came up to me and started talking to me and, you know, it was fine. And then he's like, oh, let me buy you breakfast. So I was like, oh, okay, sure. So we went back to the Axum Hotel and I just got some eggs and he ordered injera and wat and that's kind of the the Ethiopian staple dishes so injera is this really big it's sour this bread like it's kind of it's not like bread well it's made from it's called tej and it's yeah like it's it's really I would say it could be two foot in circumference easily and it's quite thin but it has all these holes in it. And I guess the the authentic way to make it is they, they put it under rocks for three days and let the sun cook it. <laughs> and it came out looking gray and really sour. And I just did not like it at all. I guess nowadays it's apparently better. I don't know. <laughs> it was not my cup of tea, that's for sure. And then what? It, it could be made with different things like mutton or uh, chicken or vegetables. Again, that could really, that really varies on the degree of niceness. <laughs> and it's kind of, it's usually was quite spicy, kind of like a curry, but really some of them was super spicy and quite oily too. So wasn't a huge fan of the injera and what myself. So talking to him, and he told me he'd worked for Ethiopian Airlines, and he only ended up bringing home about $70 US a month. Now, at the time, it was five bira, which is their local currency, to one US dollar. 2020, it's about 35. There is a black market, and you can get 20% more. It's up to you. So yeah, so, so we finished eating. And then he's just like, okay, so you pay, you pay for my breakfast. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. I mean, I, like I said, I don't mind paying for people and treating them. It's not a problem. But not when you invite me <laughs> for a breakfast and then tell me I have to pay. But anyways, I did. And then uh, went back to the hotel because Mike was coming to meet us at noon. So... Uh, the three of us, we, I think he had a car, actually. Yeah, so he picked us up and he took us to these two ancient churches. So one of them is called St. Mary's of Zion. And apparently it is the holiest shrine in Ethiopia. And there's, they say it's almost 2,000 years old. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, made out of stone. Not like the carved ones out of Lalabella. So it is a, it's a standing by itself. And then nearby is apparently the tallest monolith in the world, and it's 30 meters long, although it is broken on the ground, <laughs> so I was expecting this huge thing in the, in the air, like in the sky, but uh, upright is the word I'm looking for, but no, it's on the ground. But it was still cool, it's apparently, you know, it's very old as well. And then he, we're going to go to, there. there's an underground highway, which is about 100 years old, that goes from Aksum 
to Asmara in Eritrea. But on our way there, we got stopped by security people and they were like, well, where's your ticket? And like, there was no buildings or <laughs> structure. They're just kind of, they're just there. So it's not in a closed space or anything like that. And we were like, well, we don't have a ticket. We didn't know we needed one. Like, there's, <laughs> it's not, like, it's not like a ticket office outside. So then, of course, they're like, well, you can't go any farther. You have to leave now, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, well, where do we even buy a ticket? And they, they really didn't tell us. So anyway, I managed to get a few photos and we're like, okay, well, let's just leave. And then on our way, just about we were leaving, there was a, a person selling these like black onyx crosses. And Mike, being the gent that he is, he bought one for me and Casey as well. Like, just so sweet because he, I don't know where, I can't remember where he worked or how much money he made, but he would, like, we would try to buy stuff and he'd like, no, no, it's my treat, you know, so bless him. Yeah, I went back to him and said goodbye to Mike and, you know, such a pleasure meeting him. And then uh, back to the old Axum Hotel for some more snotty nose service. <laughs> Like I said, it's the only place to eat, really, in town. And this time, a kid followed us and sat down next to us and didn't start eating our food, but, like, was pretty much almost drooling. So we bought him uh, some dinner as well. <laughs> so it seems to be a bit of a regular thing in Ethiopia. I don't know. You either get people like Mike, who is just super generous and nice and, you know, inviting, and other people that would just either try to charge you to double or triple the amount or... Took advantage of you, I guess, in a way. Or stare, like the staring, like I said, that was everywhere. Anyways, uh, next day, so day 120 now, woke up like with even more bites. And I'm like, oh God, these are bed bug bites slash maybe flea bites. And I was just becoming covered in them. It was ridiculous. So not too happy. But yeah, so up at five in the morning to get on a truck to take us to the next town, basically. Because <laughs> it just seemed that was the only transport, especially up in that part, Tigray, like the west part of Ethiopia. There seemed to be one truck that left at five in the morning and you got on it or you didn't, which meant you were going nowhere. <laughs> so anyways, we get in this truck and we stopped in a couple more little towns along the way. And yet same people just going crazy when they saw us. <laughs> And the, it was, yeah, the attention was really bizarre. You know, I was only 23 at the time, and this was all kind of new to me. And very unexpected. I wasn't expecting that. But like I said, this part of Africa especially just hadn't seen many white people. I mean, we hadn't, we'd only met two other couples from, since we left Egypt. So it's a whole, almost, I think, over three weeks in Sudan. And now we've been about two weeks, I think. So over a month, we'd only met a couple up in Wadi Halfa, very north Sudan, who we hadn't seen once we left there, and uh, uh, an American couple that we met in Khartoum. But we said goodbye to them for a, while, a week or so before. So yeah, so like I said, very, a bit of a novelty, that's for sure. So, so then the truck comes to this river, and they were rebuilding the bridge to cross the river. So at the time, there was a like a little tram cart with this cable. And the it was quite wide. I would say probably half a kilometer. Like, and you go one person at a time on this little trolley, pretty much, that's hanging on this one cable, like steel cable. 
So you get on there with my backpack and you, yeah, just go across. So it was, it was almost like early zip lining, I guess. <laughs> it was crazy. You know, you're over the river. I mean, I, it was kind of fun. I felt like, yeah, like it was like zip lining. I don't even think zip lining existed back in the 1993. So it was like the amusement park ride, I guess. So, so I got across and then uh, Casey came across and, but then it was like one person at a time. So it, it took ages. And then, but even when we crossed the river, so before we crossed the river, they said it would be two bira each. So of course, when we get to the other side, they're like, it's 20 bira. It's like, this is what I mean. There's two prices in Ethiopia. Even to this day, there's the Frangi price, which is the tourist price, or there's the local price. It's between two and three times more across Ethiopia for everything. Transport, food, hotels, everything, which, trust me, gets rather annoying. <laughs> like I said, I don't mind paying a little bit extra, but that was 10 times. So I was like, no, we're not. That's You said two bira. <laughs> I could already be 20 beer. Anyway, so Casey ended up, I just walked away. I was like, I'm not in the mood. I was, like I said, I still wasn't feeling great. I'm covering all these bites, not much sleep. So I like, just let Casey deal with it for a change. <laughs> so I think he ended up paying 10 beer for both of us. But then, of course, we had to wait about, because we were expecting another truck on the other side. But no, they're like, oh, well, another truck might come. <laughs> but there's, like, there's nothing we're in the wilderness. There's nothing else around. Anyways, about two and a half hours later, a dump truck pulls up full of firewood, and that's our transport. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? But anyway, so we clamber on in <laughs> on top of this firewood. I was kind of, you know, in front of the truck, on the edge, just holding on for dear life that I wasn't going to fall off. And then as we we're yeah, we'd be going for just a short time. And then we saw our first African wildlife besides the croc. Oh, I don't know if we did see crocodiles in the Nile. We just knew they were there. Yeah, so our first African wildlife. So we saw these two big groups of baboons going up the mountain. And this area is beautiful. Uh, it's all, it's mountainous. It's very green. Great climate. So it wasn't too hot. But yeah, it's beautiful. But yeah, so we just saw these two big groups of baboons take off. So that was pretty exciting, our first wildlife. Although baboons, they do have ugly butts. <laughs> That's for sure. So then we get to this little town called Tekase. Has no electricity. It's very remote. And we're told we have to stay there the night. Because, as I've said in other episodes, like when it gets dark, that's it. No transport. Because there's no <laughs> there's no street lights. There's pretty much dirt roads too, right? So we have to spend the night in Tekase. Well, there's no hotels or anything like that. But we got kind of directed towards this house uh, this family, you know, owned. I think they spoke a little bit of English. So we, they said there was two. Actually, there was just one bed. There was one, like, cot in their front room. I mean, there's only two rooms. But there's, like, a kitchen. Oh, maybe three. So a kitchen a bedroom where they all slept on the floor and this front room that had a cot in it. So that's where I slept. And then Casey slept on a slimmer rest on the floor next to me. But first they, you know, do you want dinner? Cause we hadn't eaten all day. It's like, yep. Well, there's this chicken, <laughs> like literally kind of around the house, down the road, like, you know, walking down this road. Well, this kid just took off and caught the chicken and killed it. And that was our dinner. So dinner took a few hours. 
and we were starving. <laughs> we were just like, wow, you can't get any fresher than that, that's for sure. But this chicken looked more like a roadrunner, super skinny, right? Anyways, finally, they made us Dora Watt, which is chicken Watt with the injera. Well, I mean, it was very sweet of them to do that. And, you know, we paid for it. But, you know, it was very sweet. Well, um, it was the toughest chicken It was my, that I've ever had in my life. I, I, you might as well be eating, like, a leather shoe. It was just, like, very, very spicy leather shoe. Oh, my gosh. We didn't really eat a lot. And then get into bed. And, it was, like I said, it was a cot with woolen blankets. Well, within 15 minutes, I'm being bitten alive. It was just covered in fleas and bed bugs. And I'm like, I've already got a lot of them. So about, I think it's probably like 11 o'clock at night. I just was like, Casey, I can't, I, ha I can't sleep in here. Like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> so we both got our sleeping bags. And in front of their house was like rocks. <laughs> it's like a rock garden, I guess. Well, no, like not a garden, just rocks. <laughs> So getting our sleeping bags on a bed of rocks and try and sleep there, which I'm still like my skin is crawling. So this rooster starts crowing from 1230 at night, almost in my ear, every, you know, all just pretty much continuously till dawn. And also I almost got stepped on by two cows. <laughs> so I came my sleeping bag. I was like, Jesus, this is not great. This is what I thought about being in the Caribbean yacht hopping, which was my original plan. But Casey talked to me to this African trip. So yeah, times like this that I was just like, what the hell am I doing here? Jesus, this is just brutal. So basically on no sleep, covered in bites, uh, like my feet, legs and shoulders were brutal, like literally just covered. It's like I had the worst case of chicken pox you'd ever seen. It was just driving me crazy. And of course, like no water to wash or anything like that. So I was like, okay, this is just so awesome. Uh, and then finally, when I kind of got up at 530-ish or something, like Casey's nowhere to be found. I was like, where the hell's he gone now? <laughs> so I finally tracked him down. I, don't, I can't remember what he did. And then we we're told at 630, there's this half-ton truck leaving. There's your transport. If you want to go, get on it. So... We get in the back of this truck, get to, which is more, you know, there's not just us, there's lots of people on there. So then we get to the next village, because that's as far as this truck's going. <laughs> so it's only a couple hours. Get to the next village. They're like, oh, wait here for the next transport, whatever it might be. So we're waiting there for like four hours. Finally, another truck comes. He get in this truck, another two hours. Oh, that's as far as this truck's going. <laughs> so we get out. We're told to wait. So we're waiting about two hours. And then finally, local comes up. We spoke to me. She's like, oh, no. By the time you get to the next village, or like by the time the truck gets here and gets to the next village, it'll be dark. So you just have to stay here tonight. Like, oh, my God. Really? Okay. Again, middle of nowhere. But there was two little, they call them motels, mm, concrete buildings with concrete cells with two cots in them that's what it was really so we get a room and again you know we're still hungry we're like but i look down and i sit on the cot and i just see the bed bugs come out of this mattress onto me my skin and crawl on my skin i just lost it i was like i i, I need to walk like i 
I can't handle it. Like it felt like my skin was crawling all the time. So I, I spoke to the the guy who owned my motel and he was like, no, no water. <laughs> but across the road, they might sell you a bucket of cold water. I'm like, fine. And but at this point, it was it was yeah, it was dark, so it was nighttime. So I crawl across the road, and sitting behind the motel are these like two or three local guys, like drunk, didn't speak English, and I'm just saying, hey, I think I learned what water was in Amharic, and so I basically you know said what I needed. I needed some water. So they literally yeah, get me a bucket of cold water, point, right, fifty feet into the. <laughs> backyard the shrubs whatever and i could see this you know decrepit wooden hut back there and then yeah that's where you wash i'm like oh my gosh oh and they gave me a little candle that was my light so i'm walking out with my bucket soap towels a candle well the door isn't even attached to this hut like it was propped up so i had to like lift the whole door inside it was like flat rock floor, which is just covered in algae. I'm like, oh my, like seriously, I've got three drunk guys. That, like, I don't really want to get naked, <laughs> to be honest. Like, <laughs> but I got to wash myself because that's driving me crazy. So I pulled the door to, <laughs> pick up the door, pull it back to me, got my candle and there's a little shelf. Like get my clothes off. With I have my bucket with a cup, right? I'm putting that over me. I'm like, oh my God. I look down and there's just like cockroaches, two, three inch cockroaches scattering everywhere, like a crop over my feet. And I'm like, oh, I'm, lo- I'm literally going to lose my, my mind right now. <laughs> anyway, so I got this clean. And plus, I'm worried about these guys coming too, right? So I'm like, Jesus. I wasn't in there very long. Got as clean as I possibly could. But knowing that I got to go back to this cot, which is covering bed bugs. So. Kind of was pointless, but I just needed to do it for my own sanity. It was just awful. Yeah, so then, of course, we just as we're like, turn on the lights, going to try to get some sleep. Music just starts blaring till two in the morning. I was just like, oh my, like, this is just torture, basically. <laughs> and, of course, we're up at 5.30 in the morning to get on our next truck to get to our next destination. But you're going to have to wait till next episode to hear about that. Because trust me, I am very lucky to be alive. So next episode, don't miss it next Thursday. Okay, and now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. So tip number one, <laughs> I think things are a lot better now. <laughs> yeah, I don't advise traveling like what we did. Because <laughs> it was so hard, man. As I said, Ethiopia, there it's very diverse, and it's also the home of human beings, apparently, because they have found the oldest hominid, which is the predecessor to Homo sapien, in Ethiopia. And they called it Lucy because, I guess when they were excavating it in, in Ethiopia, they had Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, the Beatles song, playing for 24 hours or something like that. Anyway, so they called it Lucy. And they reckon Lucy is 3.2 million years old. And I did actually get to see it in the Museum in Addis Ababa, actually, in the next episode or episode or two. And like I said, Ethiopia, like it is a very diverse country. There's lots to do and see there. So I would recommend it now. And I've 
you know, met other travelers or I've seen other travel blogs, stuff like that. And they, people just loved it. This part of Ethiopia was just not great <laughs> for me. <laughs> okay. And also tip number two, it's much easier to get a visa than when I was there. Uh, however, you still can't travel by land in, from Eritrea. Uh, that border is close to foreigners. However, the Sudan, Djibouti, Somaliland, and Kenyan border are open by land. And you can get an e-visa online if you just go to the Ethiopian government website. Apparently really easy. It's 30, uh, 52 U.S. dollars for three days or 72 U.S. dollars for 90 days. It can take up to three days. But easy. Although with the e-visa, you do have to fly into Addis Ababa. So if you are thinking about going by land, then you need to go to an Ethiopian embassy and get your visa that way. Okay, and tip number two, I would say kind of the ideal times to visit, or like the high season anyways, November to January. So I would recommend to go kind of September, October, or February, March. I mean, we were there in May, which is technically the rainy season. Didn't really affect us too much. So that is another option because it'll be cheaper probably and less people. Okay, and oh, still part of tip number two. Ethiopia has a weird, like they have their own time zone. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but so whatever, I imagine from GMT time, they are just always six hours ahead. So be careful when you ask for times for buses and flights and things like that, because you ask for the Ferengi, which means foreigner, time or Ethiopian time. So in smaller places, it'll be always be at Ethiopian time. Like maybe in Addis Ababa and bigger places, they, they're aware of the different time zone for themselves. <laughs> it's typically Ethiopian, trust me, when you hear more about it, my time in Ethiopia. Okay, and well, tip number three, as I said earlier, like, yeah, there's just two prices, the, the, the Ferengi price and the Habasha, which is local price for everything. So you can try and bargain a bit, but you will always play the four entry price. So might as well save yourself some grief and aggro. I mean, like I said, 10 times, like we bargained a bit there, then that's fair enough. But know that you will pay two, three times more on everything. But if it is more, then you can kind of do a bit of bargaining. And I would say the backpacking budget right now in 2020 would be between 35 and 40 US dollars. That's taking local transport and staying not quite in baddest hotel. Like I said, I don't use the word hotel. I would call them cell rooms. But yeah, for much more better places to stay, you're looking at 35, 40 bucks. And that's not taking any tours because there's lots of tours you can do there. And then for female travelers, well, Ethiopia is a patriarchal system. So there is sexism for sure there. And you're going to go back to a bit like how Egypt was. But it's mostly verbal just, you know, BS, um, which you can tend to ignore. I'm not sure if the staring and all that attention has probably calmed down since when we were there in 93. But besides that, you know, I don't know, my personal experience is different. But it's still, you know, relatively safe to go to as a female traveler. Okay, so I think that is a wrap. Make sure for any more information, go to the website, manyroadstravel.com. Please subscribe. And so you don't miss a step along the way. And also, you know, leave your comments and reviews or 
on Apple or Stitcher or on the website or my Facebook page. So many roads traveled, you will find me. Okay, so until next Thursday, when you'll don't miss this one, trust me. Safe travels, one road at a time. Take care.